I, I think you get counsel from someone who demonstrates that they know Jesus, that they love him, that they recognize his voice, that they know scripture, that you look and say, I, man, I want that voice that comes from somebody who has walked with Jesus. That may be your life group leader, another plug for you to be connected with people. That may be a life group leader. It may be a staff member. It may be one of the elders here at North Point, people who know and love and follow Jesus that can speak that into your life. Hear, hear me on this. God can and does speak through people who don't know him. God, God will use whoever um, he wants to use to speak to us. God can use Dr. Phil. God can use that, uh, that professor from the university with a PhD in child psychology or whatever. Um, God can use all those people, those voices, but God's first team, God's primary um, vehicle that he wants to use is the church. He wants it to come from people who are part of the body of Christ. He may speak to you through somebody that's on TV who doesn't really know you, but that may not be God's voice that comes through them either. Um, so find somebody who demonstrates an active relationship with Jesus, who knows him, who loves him, who listens to them, that can speak into you. That's, that's one place to figure out who to get counsel from. An another is someone who will ask you next level questions, probing questions. Not just questions to get you talking, to clarify what you think in your heart, but someone who will ask questions that expose contradictions in the things that you're thinking, that ask questions to, that, that they're able to say, I know you think that, but you know what scripture says about that. How are you, how are you making those two things consistent? It's gotta be somebody that you trust but somebody that can ask questions that can help you walk in your, uh, that can help you grow in your walk with Jesus. How, how do you find somebody that can give counsel? You need someone who will speak truth in your life. We live in a culture right now where philosophically, most counselors that you go see, their, their purpose is to ask questions to get you talking. And counselors very rarely, uh, like it's a, it's a contradiction in terms of paid counseling for them to tell you what to do. They want to help lead you to discover what, what you think you should do. And in the body of Christ, in the church, you need to have some relationships with some people who, can, who will tell you the truth and say, if you follow this path, it's going to end bad because it's outside of what God has expressed clearly in his will, in his word. Somebody who will speak truth. Um, and 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 the counsel that we need to get for God to speak through us to the church is that you need someone who is committed to the church of Christ. Someone committed to the big C church, the church universal that believes in the body of Christ. But you also need to have somebody who is committed to the small C church, to North Point, that can ask you questions, that can have conversations with you, that can help drive you into the body and not away from the body. Satan can counterfeit all kinds of things. And, and I can't tell you the number of times that I've had people say, well, I talked to this person, and so the end result of that is, I, you know what, I'm just not, I'm done with church. I'm not gonna do that. That's not counsel that comes from God, because God says that we're the body and we need each other. God will speak to us through the church. 
but we've got to have relationships with people who know and follow and love Jesus. People who are following Jesus, people who are being changed by Jesus, people who are committed to the mission of Jesus. Um, Hear this again, because it's true in everything that we're talking about. When we have that conversation with somebody who's a follower of Jesus, and, and, and there is that aha kind of moment where it's like, oh, God, that's what I'm supposed to do. Understand that you have had an encounter with God in that moment, that God has spoken through Tim or through Margie or through whoever that is, that God has used that to, to, to share himself with you in that moment. The counsel that we get is not so that we can have an encounter with God later. It is the encounter with God. Um, having knowledge about a situation, that, that's important. It's good to know that, to know all the facts. But it's not as important as, as being able to live out what it means to follow Jesus. That's the critical piece. One last thing on this whole area in terms of God speaking through the church. And, and hear this because this is... Um, <laughs> Just hear it, okay? Um, if you don't trust the church, you don't really trust God. If you don't trust the church, you don't really trust God because God's design is to use the church in our lives as followers of Jesus. Is the church perfect? Not at all. Are there broken people in the church? Are, uh, will, are there people that will give you bad counsel in the church? Yes, 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 on all those things. But God's plan A is still the church. And if you don't trust the church, you can't really trust God because that's his plan. If I trust God, I will trust his plan. So when Romans 13 says, let everybody submit to the governing authorities since there's no authority except by God, Authorities that exist are instituted by God. That's true in our government, our need to obey the government. It's true in the context of the church body. God either puts people in place for our benefit or his words are not true. It's one of those two things. Um, let, let me just talk for a second about how that looks for me as a lead pastor. You know, uh, um, I'm, I've been doing this for a long time. I know how to do ministry stuff. I, I'm, I'm gonna be facetious here, but you know, uh, my ideas are always right 100% of the time. Um, you know, I, I, everything, I, I never make mistakes on anything. If, um, please understand, if you're watching, that was all facetious. Um, when I bring an idea to our elders who, are, who I am accountable to here on earth, and, and I say, this is what I think that we should do as a church. There's, there's, this is what this idea is gonna look like. This is how it's gonna get lived out. And, and the elders say, I don't think so. And I know from experience that it has worked in this place, in this place, in this place. And I know what the needs are. And, and, and I'm, I'm sure it will work here, that God will use it to help people come to know him here. When I'm sure of those things, when I'm sure that the elders just maybe don't have the experience or the knowledge of those kinds of things, and they're still hesitant and reluctant, what do I do? If I, 
If I believe that God works through the church, if God works through authority, if God works through his systems, the only thing I can do, and not can do, the thing that I want to do is trust that God is using the elders and not just me in that moment. That's true in so many areas of our lives. We either trust God and the way that God has set things up, or we don't. And I would encourage you to hear God speak to you through the church and to trust, to trust his plan, to use the church, to help us know him, uh, follow him, love him. Um, God speaks through scripture, God speaks through prayer, God speaks through the church, and God speaks through circumstances. What's crazy is this is the last thing that we're gonna talk about today, but it's probably the thing that um, in our culture, that's, that's where we point to to say, oh, I wanna hear God speak through circumstances. God, if, um, you know what, I, I've got this decision I've gotta make about work and I'm not sure what to do. If, if, if when I hit the light at 127 and State Road um, and it's green, I'm gonna do this. If it's red, I'm supposed to do that. And we trust God to work through those circumstances. Does anyone ever think like that? Um, it's dangerous. God speaks through circumstances. Sometimes, sometimes, we reject the places where we can hear God's voice the clearest. We reject hearing God's voice through scripture. We reject hearing God's voice through the counsel of others. And we elevate what we think is God's voice in circumstances and let that trump those other things. It's not that's not God. God is always gonna be consistent. It's interesting to me in Matthew 12, um, Matthew describes this event in Jesus' lives, in Jesus' life. Then some of the scribes and the Pharisees said to Jesus, teacher, we wanna see a sign from you. Jesus answered them, an evil and adulterous generation demands a sign, but no sign will be given it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. What Jesus was saying was, you know what? You guys want all kinds of outside confirmation, circumstantial confirmation. Here's the thing that matters. I'm gonna die, I'm gonna be buried. Under, uh, you know, I'm, I'm gonna be dead for three days and then come back to life in the same way that Jonah was three days in the belly of the whale. Um, Jesus said it's a dangerous path to pursue finding God in circumstances and having that be the only place that you hear God's voice or the place that trumps everything else. Um, don't, base, don't base your relationship on God. On, uh, uh, don't, let, don't base your relationship with God on circumstances that may or may not be God speaking to you. So how do you develop a radar to, to recognize that God does work through circumstances sometimes? How do you develop that radar? You can trust you can trust that God is working when circumstances around us create conversations about faith, about God's nature, about sin, about pain. When you're looking around and you're saying, God, speak to me, and the circumstances, the, the, the conversations that you have with people, the circumstances take you to a place that you're able to talk about God and not just about the circumstances. God's working in those circumstances. God is working in in that struggle. God's working in the miscarriage. God's working in the disease. God's working in the job loss. Those circumstances God is using to speak to us. Circumstances that draw us closer to God, 
that help us hear his voice more clearly, that help us love him more deeply, that help us um, know him more intimately, those God's speaking through those circumstances. So, so when, we're, when we're hurting, when inside our, our life is broken, God wants to work through those circumstances and speak to us in that moment to let us know that he loves us and that he's gonna walk with us through whatever happens. God is speaking through those circumstances. Circumstances that affirm prayers that we've been praying to recognize where God is working, God's working in that. So when we pray, when we pray, God, would you, I, I'm, I'm willing, would you use me today? Would you use me today to help meet the needs of somebody? And two hours later or 15 minutes later, you discover the need of someone, God is working in those circumstances because that's what you've been praying for. God is moving in that moment. Um, early, early in experiencing God, um, a number of weeks ago, I said in a message, if you ask the wrong question, you get the wrong answer. Do you remember hearing that? If you ask the wrong questions, you get the wrong answers. The, the, the wrong question at that point in time when we were talking about it, the wrong question is, what's God's will for my life? The right question is, what's God's will? Ask the wrong questions, you get the wrong answer. In this context, um, if you ask the wrong questions, God, how are you working in these circumstances? That's the wrong question. The right question is, God, how are you working? And help me see how you're working all around me. Um, be careful about looking for signs that provide direction for what you perceive to be God's will for your life. Um, the, the right question, I think, is what has God already said to me that's consistent with his word that may be confirmed by the circumstances that exist in my life? What is it that God has already told me that I need to do, what I need to be, how I need to align my life, and how do I see that um, lined up with circumstances? Um, you know, um, now I'm, I, I, there's an illustration I want to go, but I'm not going to go there. Okay, sorry about that. Um, talking to myself. Um, sometimes, sometimes we make our decisions based on circumstances this way. We say, um, Lord, I really want to know what your will is. And there's this op opportunity that's before me. If it's your will, I want you to keep that door open. And if it's not your will, I want you to close that door. Anybody said that before? Oh, open, open door, closed door kind of, kind of a deal. Um, I, I, I actually don't think that that approach is found in Scripture. It's consistent with Scripture. Because we don't know necessarily who opened or closed the door. Um, don't let experience alone guide your life. Sometimes we do what we want and ask God to bless it and we put the burden of the responsibility of our decision on God. God, if, the, if, if you want me to do this, open this door. If you don't want me to do this, close the door. Um, in what you'll read this week in the workbook, Blackaby says, God is not obligated to stop you from making a mistake. Hear that again. God is not obligated to stop you from making mistakes. So when you proceed down a path because the door is open, 
God doesn't have any responsibility. Because a lot of times what happens is we go this path and say, oh, the door was open, and then it blows up, and we say, God, where were you in that? It's not God's responsibility to shut that door. It's our, it's our responsibility to hear God's voice, to discern, to look at scripture, to have counsel, to see what God is doing in that moment. There's a story in Judges chapter six and seven where, um, where the, God's people are being harassed by the Midianites. They're being persecuted by this other nation and, and they're just killing them, really. They, they, they have cramped everything about their life and uh, here's a little bit of the story that, that starts the story in Judges chapter six. Angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and said to him, the Lord is with you, valiant warrior. The Lord turned to him and said, go in, strength, go in the strength you have and deliver Israel from the grasp of Midian. I'm sending you. Gideon said to him, please, Lord, how can I deliver Israel? Look, my family is the weakest in Manasseh and I'm the youngest in my father's family. But I will be with you, the Lord said to him. You will strike Midian down as if it were one man. Gideon freaks out. And, and he doesn't know what to do because he thinks, God, I, I'm not your right guy. And he tells the angel, stay here. And he goes and fixes him a meal, which is kind of interesting. He brings the meal back to this angel. The angel touches it with his staff and it supernaturally bursts into flame on a rock. Miracle kind of stuff. It's pretty clear that God is speaking to Midian to, to Gideon, and God has said to Gideon, I want to, I want to use you um, to, free, to free my people from the um, bondage of the Midianites. So that night, Gideon sneaks out late at night, and he tears down a pole that's been built to an idol. And when everybody wakes up the next morning, they are going crazy. They're upset because this, this idol this, that they've worshipped, that's been a core part of their community, is gone. It's, it's been burnt down. It's been torn down. And they say, who did it? And they discover it's Gideon, and they're ready to kill Gideon. Um, and, and, and God says to him, Gideon, you're, you're, the, you're the guy. And Gideon says, God, if I'm really the guy, I need some circumstantial, um, some circumstantial evidence to show that. And so he gets fleece, gets some cotton fleece, puts it out and says, um, God, if, if you really want to use me, here's what I want to happen. I'm going to go to bed tonight. I'm going to put that on the ground. I want that to be wet and all the ground to be dry in the morning. I, um, I think that's the order that it, that it comes. Yeah, make the fleece wet and all the ground dry. The next morning, Gideon gets up and, and it's happened supernaturally. The fleece is wet. It can be wrung out and the, and the ground all around is dry. Gideon says, God, I still don't think I'm your guy. And so uh, he says to, to God, God, I'm gonna put the fleece out and tonight I want the fleece to be dry and the ground to be wet with dew. And he wakes up the next morning and that's exactly what's happened. The fleece is completely dry, the, the ground's covered with dew. That's, that's the essence of the phrase when we talk about making a, putting out a fleece towards God. That's where that, that terminology comes from. Understand that that was not an act of faith of Gideon. God had already made it completely clear and plain to Gideon that he wanted to, to use him to free the nation of Israel from the, from the Midianites. It was an act of lack of faith. And so much of the time, when we put out a fleece towards God, when we ask God to work through the circumstances, it's because we're not willing to listen to what God has already told us through his word about what his will is for us and how we're to act in life, the principles that are there. God speaks through circumstances. 
But circumstances will only affirm what God, what we already know from God, um, from his nature, from his word, from the counsel that we get from our prayer time. Circumstances will do that in a really cool way. God's, God works through circumstances. But don't let that be the first place that you go to hear from God. Um, hearing from God, hearing from God is not about a means to an end. And it's not about kind of a coincidence. Hearing from God through scripture, through prayer, through his church, through um, circumstances, it, it's, it, it is a personal encounter with God. It's God being involved in the intimate details of our life. It, it may sound like it's really difficult uh, to discern, but when you know God, you begin to recognize his voice. You, when you're in relationship with him, you can see him working in all of those areas and it comes together. Whether that's in scripture, in prayer, through his body, through the church, or through circumstances. God is speaking. He's speaking to you. He wants to do that. Hear his voice and follow him. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you that you care enough about us to not leave us on our own, to not um, leave us struggling, to not leave us without any ways to discern what you want us to do. God, I, I know right now there are lots of folks who are struggling with, with uh, decisions about medical care, people who are struggling financially and trying to figure out what to do, people are struggling in their job that they don't like, they don't feel like is maybe the right spot for them. God, people who are struggling in broken relationships, trying to figure out how to make sense of that. Lord, I ask for us that you would speak to us and that you would help us recognize your voice. And God, that would follow your prompts that would respond, that would obey, and that, that we would just be astounded by the way that you're working in us and around us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's stand together, let's sing. Shaping my life.